Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I want to talk to Dorothy Grimes. Uh, Dorothy, you're talking, or you're speaking on behalf of your brother Michael. I will talk to Michael in a few minutes' time, but uh, things are not going well for him at the moment. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Um, No, Michael's been going on uh, quite a journey over the past year. He was diagnosed with stage 4 testicular cancer around this time last year. Um, It came on quite suddenly for him. He had been treated for an infection initially and then all of a sudden things escalated and he was straight in with that diagnosis. So over the past year, he's been receiving chemotherapy. He is currently having stem cell therapy and he's just in his third round. He's actually in hospital this morning where he'll be talking from. And uh, things have been tough. They live in Spain. Uh, Himself and his wife, Rose. Rose is from Mayo, and they have three lovely young children, Connor, 10, Clean and Deck, and twins. Uh, They just turned eight, and uh, life has been a bit hard for them. Um, It had been kept quite a private story for the past year. Mm. Not many people knew what was going on, but now it's. uh, I think he decides that it's time to talk about it for various reasons. But mainly because financially they are struggling a lot while the healthcare system in Spain is excellent and they've been taking really, really good care of him there. Mm -hmm. He can't work. They are both self-employed. He hasn't been able to work for the last six months. He's unlikely to be able to work for the next year, if not two years. So their financials have kind of gone down quite a lot and... uh, you know, they just need a little bit of support and a little bit of help at this stage. Rose has been doing a mighty job of keeping things going over there, but obviously they don't have family support there nearby. Yeah. So they're quite isolated. Um, they had been thinking, they had been actually starting to plan coming home permanently when the diagnosis hit. So they've just had a very, very hard time and it's it, they need a little bit of extra support sure. <laughs> from people, I think. They, they both so. teach English, I think, and they also run a little B&B in Spain but as you say Michael hasn't been able to work now for for quite some time and being self-employed being self-employed anywhere is difficult but being self-employed in Spain is even more difficult I think is it? It is yes it is Um, they don't get any financial well he doesn't get any financial support for the government for being sick Um, I believe it is extra tough over there to qualify and uh, you have to jump through hoops which he didn't qualify for uh, so they, while Rose is still trying to keep the the tra- the, the school going, they she and then she's looking after the kids in the house. She's also trying to look after the B and B business. Winter time tourism is quite slow, but the, it's just gotten to a point for them that it's gotten very difficult. Um, and say life is just pretty tough for them. Yeah, we have shared the GoFundMe on our 
socials and we will also contact our friends in the press to see if they can help but stay there for me Dorothy because I can go now to, to Michael um, I, I understand Michael that you're in your hospital bed in Madrid I think it is <laughs> how are you this morning fella I'm not too bad this morning well I woke up this morning with a fever I had a fever last night going to sleep and they gave me some medicines last night antibiotics and took x-rays and all sorts of tests and I woke up this morning with a temperature of 38 degrees which which is not very pleasant you know you're feeling cold and shivering and you know you're weak and the medicines that they gave me last night make you very dizzy so even just getting out of bed and going to the toilet this morning was a, <laughs> a mm. bit of a journey you know you're in isolation are you pardon are you in isolation I am, yes. Uh, basically, with the stem cell transplant, what to do is you go in and you get three days of uh, high, high, high dosage chemotherapy. I mean, it's it's what I would get in one day would, would have been what I got in a whole week back in, uh, back in the spring. Mm-hmm. And you get three days of that high dosage and then you get a day off and then you get your own stem cells back in because what the chemo does is it's so high, it wipes out your bone marrow. And basically, it you, you've no defenses. You're you're more defenseless than a newborn baby. So you have to be in isolation, and you're kept in isolation for three weeks. The only people that you see are the nurses and doctors. Mm-hmm. And uh, until until the stem cells rush around your bone marrow and will remake your bone marrow because uh, you don't have any, and uh, then then your defenses start to come back, and then you can you can go home, but. Yeah. You know, I can't walk outside my room. I could for a few days, but then once, you know, once you get the stem cell transplant, then you're stuck in your room and you start losing weight and nausea and all the rest. You know. mm. It just kind of hits you and then you go home like a lump of jelly. Your cancer was very advanced when it was diagnosed. Tell me what happened. Right. Well, basically... I got severe pain down in my groin area and my scrotum uh, back in March, April 2022. And I thought maybe I'd been digging in the garden, getting ready for planting some vegetables, you know, and I thought maybe I'd done some damage. So I went to my doctor and he sent me into the hospital. They diagnosed it as an infection and they sent me home with antibiotics. Uh, That kind of cleared it up for a while, you know, but things weren't totally right during the the summer of that year and then towards November December I started noticing that the shape is going a little bit pear shaped and when I say pear shaped I mean literally that shape and you know the next thing you know my my testicle was the size of a a small kiwi and then uh, I went to the doctor again, and they sent me into accident and emergency again, uh, which is what they do here in Spain. And this time they actually ran blood tests. They did uh, ultrasound. They did a. Uh, they got a neurology doctor and did all sorts of tests on me. And a few days later, they came back and said that uh, it very seriously looks like a, a tumor. So. What we're going to do is before we're not even going to do a biopsy, right? Because at this stage it was the size of a pear. We're not even going to do a biopsy. We're just going to get it out. 
Yeah. So they brought me in a few days later and they took it out. And then they referred me to oncology and uh, oncology then after the biopsy and uh, a couple of uh, uh, CAT scans of my thorax and everything. Um, came, brought, they said, uh, would you and your wife please come in for a, a bit of a chat? Because uh, it's serious. Okay. So they told us it was stage four cancer with metastasis that it had gone into my lymph nodes. Now, my lymph nodes, I had noticed that it was like sitting on a cold bench. Um, you know, the way your kidneys get cold all the time, yeah. sitting on a cold bench. And that's what it felt like. And I couldn't sleep at night. It was always cold. And basically, my ganglia and uh, lymph nodes down in my lower back were so swollen. It was like a big mess of pasta. A huge mess, and wow. I also had four or four tumors on my lungs, where it had gone into my bloodstream and basically attached itself to my lungs. And one of the tumors was about, I suppose, it was twenty-seven millimeters across, which is you Good know, it's a fairly sizable tumor. Yeah, that's an inch. That's an so inch. So they said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So straight away they said, right, well, we'll be starting once you're recovered from the the operation um, will be starting chemotherapy straight away. So I was in for five days a week for the first, for, it was basically four cycles and you go in for five days, one week, and then one day for a week and one day for another week and a week off. And I did four cycles of that. And it was four or five hours each time that I went in, but I, I continued with my classes. Uh, I was doing classes online. I had some very understanding students, even mm -hmm. when my hair fell out and everything. You know, the little kids, I, I told their parents what to be expecting uh, because I didn't want the kids to be getting scared that, you know, well, Mike's got no hair. <laughs> but uh, anyway, my tumor markers had been before the operation to remove the tumor. They were at 127,000. Now, the normal... Uh, number for a, a healthy male is two. Before I started the chemotherapy, it was at 257,000. So this cancer was, it was, it was pretty prolific and yeah. it's a non-seminoma cancer, which it had a good, it had a good grip on you. Yeah. The speed at which my testicle increased in size, uh, you know, was, was, was just amazing, you know, but anyway, the chemotherapy brought down my tumor markers down to about 15. Myself and my wife were planning our, to book the ferry to come home to Ireland to visit our families. And the doctor called me in again, the oncologist to say, I wouldn't be going anywhere. It's back up to 700. It went from 15 to 700 again. So they referred me to 12th of October Hospital in Madrid, which is a, a well, highly respected hospital in Madrid for this stem cell uh, transplant therapy. Okay. What is what is the prognosis, right. Michael? Have they told you? Well, the last blood test that I had, uh, my tumor markers are back down to 0 0.9, which <laughs> is supremely good news. Indeed it and is. tumors... The tumors have uh, diminished in size on the last CAT scan. Now, of course, that was before this um, this uh, cycle of therapy. Of course. So I'll, I'll be having more CAT scans and more blood tests now as what? soon as I 
get recover from this. And please God, please God, this will be the end of it. Because hopefully, hopefully, God, that'd be that'd be that'd be great. Now, I know that you you said there a few seconds ago that you wanted to come home. You decided it was time to come back with Rose yes. and Cleana and Declan yep. and come back and settle, presumably in Cork. Um, well, either Cork or up near near Mayo, where okay. his family are from. We're, we're not but fully decided yet. All of this up. has ripped the guts out of your finances and your savings, hasn't it? It did. It did. I mean, I was going up to Madrid uh, once. Uh, once I was told they were referring me to Madrid, I was up and down to Madrid, say, two or three times a week. Cost fifty euros a time to go on the train return. Um, I was at the stage now, kind of. Uh, fairly tired uh, I wasn't able to do very much the fatigue from the cancer was uh, really preventing me from doing very much I could maybe go over to the guest house and help my wife I'd put the bag towels in a bag and bring the bag over That's and then case. I'd sit down for an hour you know yeah. just the, the fatigue so I haven't been teaching classes because I just can't and, so my wife took on some of my classes. We couldn't obviously take all of them, so we lost students. And, you know, she's got, the, while I'm away, she's got three kids, and she can't keep all the rooms in the house uh, prepared at all times. I mean, she's been an absolute rock. I don't know how she does it. I really don't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we can't keep all the rooms open all the time, yeah. so, you know, there's less bookings, and, of course, winter came along, and, you know, basically we've been... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Slipping into debt and slipping further and further and further. I mean, we could... We can use what cash comes in from classes to put food on the table, clothes for the children. But, you know, when it comes to something like a new pair of glasses uh, for for my son, you know, that's a struggle. And the mortgage started slipping. And, the, you know, when you get start getting the bank calling you while you're in hospital getting stem cell transplants. You know? Yeah, that's, that's the time <laughs> to make a decision. You want to get back. You want to get back here. Um, you want to get back on your feet and, you know, just put things on an even keel, give us a bit of time to, to, to get ourselves back on an even keel. Now, will you be able to complete your treatment in Madrid or do you have to get treatment here when you come back or if you get manage to get back? Well, hopefully, hopefully in, a, say, a month or two months, the, the word remission will come into play, hopefully. <laughs> And then, you know, when when we do go back to Ireland, obviously I'll be having to bring all my files and everything, the whole treatment and everything, and and just have checkups because uh, you you have to have checkups. Say, I think for the first two years you get checkups once a month or something like that to make sure that it doesn't come back, and then after that it's every three months uh, for until five years, and you know it's at least five years of checkups to make sure that. That, you know, it doesn't come back. And then the thing is, PJ, 
testicular cancer is a taboo subject. You know, people talk about breast cancer. Everyone knows about that, and prostate cancer, or, oh, God, he smoked majors all his life, so, you know, he's got lung cancer. It's, you know, people talk about that. Yeah. But people don't talk about testicular cancer. And, you know, my advice to all the the men listening out there, and even their wives, you know, when they're kind of, you know, in an intimate situation, if you feel anything different, get it checked out straight yeah. away. You know, that yeah. it could save yourself an awful lot of hassle. That yeah. Any change in size or shape, and they can have it whipped out, and you won't have to go through chemotherapy yeah. before it metastasizes. You, you have a, a little body. dream with all of this. I, I think you have, a, you have a boat, do you? And you eventually want to get I the do. boat I back. I have a boat back in Ireland that I just love to sail. It's oh, the boat is boat here, is it? Okay. Oh, it is, yeah. It is in Ireland, yeah. Well, we see, we live in the middle of Spain. There's not much water here. I see. <laughs> so uh, when we go home in the summer, you know, we bring the kids out sailing, and they just absolutely love it. And it's it's one of the things that's kept me going, mm-hmm. just the idea of getting home again, getting out in the sea, getting that smell of sea air in my nostrils again, you know. And that's that's worth a dozen rounds of chemotherapy if you're on the mend as well. Oh, it is. It is. And another thing, you know, that, that I found is a positive attitude. Yeah. At no point did I ever, you know, when, when they told us it was stage four, now normally somebody would say, might ask the question, well, Jesus, is, is that terminal? Well, I don't think like that. Uh, I worked on ships uh, offshore for 13 years, and when we had a problem, we didn't think, oh, well, we're not going to be able to fix that. It was always a, what do we do to fix this? And if one way doesn't work, we'll do another, or we'll do another, try another way. And my first reaction to the oncologist when she said, it's stage four, it's very serious, it's all over your lungs. Uh, uh, Right, what do we do? Yeah. You know? And then when my numbers started going up again after my first rounds of chemotherapy, uh, I said, what do we do? And there's been, it's been no surrender. Absolutely no surrender. You know, Good uh, man. I've, I've maintained a positive attitude the whole time. And I think that goes a long way as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, you but I think the, the, the simple fact of the matter is the treatment by the sounds of it, Michael, is fantastic. But but financially, well, it's, it's, financially, you can't sustain life in, in Spain anymore. You want to get back. There's no. family support here. There's love here of people like your sister, Dorothy. And you want to get home to that love, to that support and to, exactly. to, to Ireland. You know, we've been 23 years in Spain now. And to be honest with you, I think we've had enough. Spain was a great place to live. It's gotten more difficult over the years. I mean, a shopping trolley of food here is the same as a shopping trolley of food at home in Super Value. And yet the wages are a third. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's ridiculous over how, here. How are the kids dealing with it? Self employed. The kids the kids have been great. I mean they they it was a shock for them. They thought, Oh, is daddy going to die? You know, uh, you know, are you going to lose your hair? We 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 basically we told the kids when, when it happened that we'll be perfectly honest with you with everything. Right? I mean they're only ten and there were seven at the time. Um but we told them we we're not gonna hold back on anything. So you know, when they do ask you, Connor or Cleana or Declan, Connor I suppose being the oldest, when when he does yeah. look at his daddy and say, Daddy, are you going to die? What do you say to him? Michael? Yeah. I say no. 
no, no, I'm not going anywhere, Connor. No, definitely not. The, there's treatments for this. Testicular cancer is one of the uh, is the best cancer to react to treatment, which it is. Uh, I mean, my sister-in-law is an oncology nurse in Crumlin Hospital. Well, two of them actually are oncology nurses. And uh, when we when when she was told that Mike's cancer, uh, she said, "What type?" And Rose told her it was testicular cancer. She goes, oh, thank God for that. Oh, my goodness. You know, right. If you're going to have cancer, testicular cancer is probably about the best one you're going to get. Because yeah. uh, it reacts well to treatment. Obviously, in my case, it had you know, metastasized uh, too much and just didn't quite get whacked with the first round of chemo. So I had to, to get the further treatment. But... As you know, compared to something like lung cancer or liver cancer, yeah. but, but you're in a far better situation. You, you've really got the cavalry out with this stem, stem cell stuff, and here's hoping that it all works oh, out absolutely. for you. You know that the positive attitude is fantastic, Michael. It, it's 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 a joy to hear you so positive. But do you get do you get scared at all? I do, I do. I mean, uh, for example, at the moment. I'm coming towards the end of the stem cell treatment. I've done uh, two uh, what they call bridging uh, chemotherapy sessions where I was in for a week each time up here in Madrid. And then the three three week stints of the stem cell uh, transplants. Uh, and now that it's at the end of it, you know, uh, okay, my tumor marker numbers are down to 0.9, which is good. But uh, the CAT scan has shown that the tumors are, are are getting smaller. But you know, there there is that niggling worry in the back of your head that, well, what will the next CAT scan show? Will it show that everything's cushy, everything's uh, you know they've gotten smaller, or maybe in two months' time, will there be something that just didn't quite get caught? And you know, yeah. yes, that that would take a night's sleep off you know, and again. Moment. It would, and there there is a dark moment every now and again. But you know, when I when I do get those thoughts, PJ, I I I, I push it aside. Do you think you're both? I say no. There is no surrender. I just think of going sailing and catching a few mackerel and putting them on the pan. Your honesty is incredible. Fair play to you, man. And listening, man to man to man, I'm I'm even thinking to myself, Jesus, I better check in the shower the next time that everything's all right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm serious. And have an old route around, you know? <laughs> you don't need a nurse to stick a finger up your backside to check for prostate cancer. This have an old, you have an old rummage. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be, you are, exactly. I think you're, you're, probably, you're probably encouraging every man listening to us here this morning, Michael. Well, I'm sure there's a whole pile of them now we're going to have a shower this evening. And, and, and a rummage, you know. a good old rummage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, at well, least... You know, that's, you know what, PJ? Years ago, when I was on a ship, um, we had a nurse come out and give us a talk about this. Yeah. Um, this, this is back in the 90s. And my immediate manager on the ship, he went into the shower that uh, a couple of weeks later and had an old rummage. And do you know what? He actually found that he had testicular cancer. Now, I don't know what happened to him in the end. I lost contact with him over the years. But, you know, it, it's that kind of uh, thing that you're not aware of it. You know, you're not, you're not told. Have an old rummage down around there. 
to just make sure that the shape is the the right shape, the same shape it's been since you were 18 years old. Yeah. You know, um, because, you know, nobody, nobody tells you these things. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> they don't teach it to you in sex education. No, no. Well, well, well here's, here's hoping that this round of treatment and that magical R word is the word you'll hear, the word remission. Yep. Here's here's hoping that it, that it will. We're going to uh, share, we have already shared your GoFundMe on our socials. Mm-hmm. You just want to get some cash to get you home, to get you settled, to get you set up again and to maybe settle a few of your debts. Just yep. lastly, your sister said it and I was going to ask you, it sounds to me like the healthcare is brilliant. It can be in Spain, yes, it can be. No, I mean, I, I, I think that they saw me as a, a, a man of 51 years old. I've got three young kids and that this was testicular cancer. It can be treated and they, they treated me extremely well, extremely quickly and really, really well. I mean, okay, there, people do have complaints about the Spanish healthcare system, but you know, it is it is on the whole generally quite good. You know, uh, it's all free. Uh, you get your medicines uh, at a hugely reduced rate when they're on prescription. You know, it is a good healthcare system, and the hospitals and the doctors. I mean, gosh, up here on twelfth of October, the the staff are absolutely wonderful. I is mean, that the name of the really hospital? Are. The twelfth of October. Yeah, twelfth of October. Dose de octubre. And it's been a very innovative hospital. You know, they've done a, I think they did the first liver transplant in Spain, things like that, you know. Um, They're building a whole new hospital at a far better rate than they're building the children's hospital up in Dublin, (laughs) I can tell you. Michael, your positivity is engaging. um, And (laughs) it is, in fairness. We're going to share, we have shared it, and we will... We will share your story and this conversation will go to all of our friends in the press to see if we can't well, thank you very much. Uh, d- drive it a bit further for you because the thoughts of, like you said, getting out, grabbing a few mackerel and throwing them on the grill and your kids learn, learning how to sail from you. Yep. That's the dream. Yep. That's the dream. Yep. Get back home to the green grass at home. All right, fella, mind yourself and take care out there, and let us know how you're getting on, Dorothy. I, I, your brother is your brother's a rock. He has been unbelievably positive all year. Um, like all of us, we have our meltdowns from time to time, but overall, he has tackled this head on and been unreal. And also, his wife Rose, who has been—I don't know how she's done it. She has been absolutely outstanding all okay. year, uh, keeping everything going. All right. So, well, yes, thanks a million, PJ. Let us see what we can do. Dorothy Grimes, thank you, and Michael Grimes, thank you. In the t- There's a great name for a hospital, the 12th of October Hospital in Madrid. Corks 96 FM. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.